The Incomparable. Number 265. September 2015. Welcome back, everybody, to The Incomparable Podcast. I am your host, Jason Snell. We are concluding, uh, although it has turned from summer to fall, we are going to conclude, you know, March Madness ends in April, I'm just saying, our summer really? superhero spectacular, <laughs> uh, and we're going to wrap it up. This, this uh, It's not even summer. This wonderful thing that uh, that is uh, has gone on far longer than I expected will end uh, with these final rounds in this episode, and we've gotten some submissions from some listeners to help us along the way. Um, let me explain uh, where we are. We have uh, eight heroes remaining. We will crown a champion tonight. Let me introduce the heroes that are remaining and their champions. Spider-Man is going to be championed by Mr. Dan Morin. Hi, Dan. Please, God, let it end. Yeah. Oh, no, it's going to end. Sorry, wait, hold on. The filter was on. Uh, great to be here, Jason. Yeah. Good. Good. Um, Moises Chuyan is defending Captain America. Jason, when Captain America throws his mighty shield, all those who oppose that shield will yield. Defending Doctor Strange is Chip Sutterth. Hi, Chip. It was my understanding that this would be Beta Ray Bill. Wait, I voted against Beta Ray Bill. I'm so confused. Just, yeah, I know. Just go. The Flash is going to be jointly defended, or I don't even know. They're going to decide by by Dan Morin, who we've already introduced, and Mr. Tony Sindelar. Hi, Tony. Hi, Jason. Um, you're also, of course, as as the Pope of the Church of Batman, going to be defending uh, Bishop, Batman. Bishop. Bishop. There's, there's a lot of bat bureaucracy. Uh, oh, who's the Pope <laughs> of the Church of Batman? <laughs> No, it's, it's a secret. No, is it, oh, it's it's Batman? Is it Bruce Wayne? <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be that would that's how you blow your cover. Yeah. yeah. Who, who is the Bat Pontiff? Yeah, that would be that's very confusing. Um, Lisa Schmeiser is going to be speaking for Wonder Woman. Hi, Lisa. Hi. Uh, welcome back. You've you you're a veteran of this tournament, and uh, I suggested I, this tournament. Now I'm so sorry. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention that it was your fault. It's your credit. Full credit. Full credit. Monty. Yeah. Ashley is out there, and he's going to be defending one of his favorites of all time. Uh, the Cinderella story, making it to this <laughs> this point, it is the thing. Ben Grimm. Hi, Monty. Hi. And, you know, Ben Grimm looks great in the Cinderella dress, so it all works. Well, the orange goes with the pink, so. Yeah. Uh, forged from the finest rock in the Bronx. And, yes, forged from the, forged from the rocks of Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> Cannon. Cannon. From Brooklyn. Cannon. Uh, the not from Brooklyn, not from Brooklyn. Um, and then Wolverine, who is going to be uh, defended by a newcomer to these proceedings. Um, that's me. I'm gonna I'm gonna take on Wolverine. Nobody else wanted Wolverine. I'm gonna take. <laughs> on I Wolverine. think I, I think did you I did, I you did I volunteer? I didn't want to give I didn't want to give anybody two full ones, and I saddled Dan and Tony with one and a half. Snicks, Jason. Um, Snicks. But yeah, well, Wolverine's easy because he just uh, I got claws and I heal, and uh, you're all dead. Um, it's pretty simple. Oh, That's no. why I've given away my strategy now. Also joining us are a couple of judges who have not been judges before, and in fact, they have very carefully avoided being on the summer superhero spectacular. <laughs> and yes, they clever and somehow not carefully enough. Because they're not, here now. Exactly right. Not enough, because we caught them and we made them be here. David Lore, hello. I, I was going to say, you figured out my strategy. Yeah, I know. And then here, here you are. I had the good sense to stay away until tonight. I know. I don't know. I, I'm shocked that you're here. And Erica Ensign similarly had the good sense to not be on this train wreck <laughs> until now. This was a moment of weakness. Yeah. Oh, well. well, you're you're hopped up on it, codeine. It'll, it'll I am pass. literally hopped up on codeine yeah. and very ill, so this will be great. I don't think codeine um, hops you up. 
I'm just saying. I'm not an expert. I'm not a doctor. I don't think as is tradition. <laughs> so you know, sobriety is not a hallmark of our our judges. And so let us begin with a, with a matchup. Uh, so let me explain how this round the round of eight is going to work. I asked listeners to submit using a Google form some non doomsday scenarios that would have to be pondered and responded to by our heroes. And I've actually asked our uh, advocates to explain in essentially tell us a little bit of a story about how their hero would react to these scenario scenarios that were randomly selected from. From a list generated by listeners. So let's move on to the first matchup, Doctor Strange and the Flash. And I'm going to I'm going to tell you what the uh, scenario was, and then your advocates will tell you how their hero responded. If that makes any sense, Chip, you were speaking for Doctor Strange, and here is your scenario. And you've been given this ahead of time. It is from listener Gary, and it says the singer has taken the city hostage, promising to blow up an orphanage unless our hero appears on America's Got Voice and sings a heartfelt rendition of Radiohead's Creep that will win over the judges. What does Doctor Strange do? Chip? Doctor Strange teleports into the real world and kills Gary. <laughs> that seems not heroic. That's not heroic. And then, and then he takes another shot at Jason Snell for telling the world that I was given this in advance, which means that I've lost all deniability. Then what does he do, Chip? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Doctor Strange has all of these mystical artifacts that, uh, as befits a Sorcerer Supreme, mm-hmm. so he would go to the Orb of Agamotto in the Chamber of Shadows in his Sanctum Centorum. No, no, not Sanctum Centorum. That's a that's a uh, that's a that's a congressman from Pennsylvania. That's a congressman. His Sanctum <laughs> Centorum. Sanctorum, right. He's going to be looking into the crystal ball. He's going to find and astrally project to uh, locate Albert Hammond, who successfully sued Radiohead for plagiarism and is now credited as a co-writer of Creep. He's going to use his amulet, the Eye of Agamotto, to probe Hammond's mind and understand the nuances, the subtleties of the song, the subtle qualities that Radiohead found in creating the song. And then, having done that, he's going to use his cloak of levitation, as well as the Eye, to travel the world, finding Tom York, Radiohead Link's lead singer, as the as the and also the guys who covered this song for the social network trailer because you've got to have a trendy angle for America's Got Voice. He's going to study the book of the Vishanti and its vast store of white magic spells. He's looking for the most powerful karaoke incantation. With all of that done, he's going to travel to the America's Got Voice studios. He's going to prepare to sing and then he's going to realize all he has to do is conjure up a spectacular light show, hypnotize the audience into believing he sang like John Barrowman, instantly teleport to the orphanage, instantly teleport all the children out, use the eye to find the singer, knock him unconscious with balls of energy, because when you're Doctor Strange, your writers can make up the rules as they go along because, mm-hmm. hey, he's magic. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Well done. Um, we're going to move on to the competition, The Flash, Dan and Tony. I don't know how you want to handle this. You're going to be answering a scenario from listener Michael. Answer in unison. Is, is one, one of you should be Wally and one of you should no, be we've got, we've got this prepared. We're going to do every oh, other word. All right, good, good, excellent. Oh, oh, so, so listener, listener, Dan, Dan lay, lay down a baseline. I'm, here's I'm ready. Listener Michael's scenario. <laughs> listener Michael's scenario is, against ran, randomly selected, a serial killer is picking off seemingly random citizens in elaborate death traps themed around Looney Tunes shorts. <laughs> I love this serial killer. I 
I, you know, I feel like that might be a future upcoming episode of, of the, the Flash. Flash. I know, yeah. Michael. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, listen to Michael. I hope you get a story base. credit for that. Yeah, listen to Michael. You're you're either a, a, an aspiring writer or an aspiring serial killer or both, right? <laughs> or, or a Looney Tune. You're our yeah, people. Possible. Fine line. No, so this is, line. this scenario seems almost kind of like cherry picked for the Flash uh, because I, I, it, it, I tell you it's random, but when it came up, I thought, oh, that's perfect. <laughs> Well, it works out just perfectly because uh, it sounds like, you know, we don't know what serial killer this might be, but it sure sounds like it could be the trickster. Mm. Um, there are other, you know, DC-themed uh, g- people who who do things like uh, like that. There's there's the toy maker who does stuff with toys. Uh, there's the mad bomber in Batman who uses remote control cars that have explosives. There's a lot of toy and hijinks-themed Let, villains. Let's not Let- forget Coyote Man. Uh, also the Joker. Um, but yeah, uh, there's, there's a couple. But, you know, it seems like the first thing you would really want to do if someone's doing things at random is you want to find that it's not at random, it's a pattern. And so what you'd probably need to do is sit down and watch all of the Looney Tunes. And it would sure be great if you had the ability to do that at, I would say, some kind of speed that is super, like a super speed ability, which the Flash can do. So he could, I don't know if they have a blockbuster in Central City, so or maybe he goes to the library and he watches the entire Looney Tunes archive uh, in a blink of an eye and is able to figure out what's going to happen next. Uh, maybe he then has to go to, you know, every Anvil dealership in Central City and and figure out who's, who's been selling anvils and rockets and whatnot. Uh, but one way or the other, he's going to be able to do the detective work necessary and do it at super speed uh, to figure out who, who's who's at work and no doubt go and, and fight them in, in some kind of warehouse and they'll probably be kind of a, a Roadrunner, Wiley Coyote uh, reference-inspired uh, uh, fight and uh, the Flash gets to be Roadrunner because he's going to win. Also, he's fast like the Roadrunner. I hope the serial killer doesn't paint the shape of a hole on a wall and have the Flash run into it because that would. I be- feel like maybe the Flash will do that a little bit. Ah, 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 and then you know, <laughs> oh, he can well, run in mind, walls, he right? If he vibrates yes, properly, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, in vibe. that case, he's prepared for literally every eventuality yeah. that a hmm. could be thrown at him as a Looney Tunes character. He can yeah. face through things. <laughs> he can time travel back and like make sure that you know he didn't. If he did slip up at one point, that he can correct that. Um, he obviously, of course, as Barry Allen, has uh, the scientific skills necessary, you know, as a as a forensic investigator to sort of figure out who this person is, as Tony alleged, that so he could, you know, actually track down this villain. So I, I think, you know, in summation, the uh, the Flash run really fast. He's got yeah. the support team. Cisco, how fast do I have to run to keep running off of a cliff? And he'll be like, I don't know, Barry, run really fast Just and say meep down. meep. Yeah, and he'll keep faster, do- yeah. I believe the only correct answer is faster than you've ever run before. All right, um, those are excellent scenarios, and now I am going to turn it to our our, our judges. Uh, David, let's start with you. What are your thoughts about uh, Doctor Strange and, and The Flash? Well, I mean, I, I have to say I was kind of hoping they would both have to face the same scenario, because nope. that would be a little easier to, yep. to weigh this against is not, each other. This is not to make but, it easy for you. This is not well, how know, this works. I know. This is the uh, final eight, David. This is serious. I would hope that Star Labs has all of the Looney Tunes already stored themselves because, you know, you got to you got to have something to do. So, you know, hopefully he would save time even more time that way. Um, But, you know, it kind of comes down to he's really fast, whereas Doctor Strange, he's got to somehow manage the singing competition and hypnotize everyone in the audience and the judges and, you know, save everyone in the orphanage. I'm kind of leaning towards Doctor Strange. Did we mention that Barry Allen has heart? <laughs> Just thought we'd put that out <laughs> there. Well, <laughs> you, you gotta have heart. Doctor Strange has a, a, a stupid mustache. Barry Allen's got heart. All right. Erica, what do you think? 
Well, uh, at the beginning of that uh, Doctor Strange tirade, I was actually ready to throw Doctor Strange right to the wolves for uh, for, for for Chip's uh, possibility of, of killing poor Gary, who came up with this scenario because I think it is the greatest <laughs> scenario ever, and I love Radiohead's creep. Um, but... After hearing, uh, after hearing all of the other things, uh, I, I love the idea that Doctor Strange would really try to to get to the heart of the song and break it down and and discover its meaning. I think that's a a great first step. And then we had a mention of John Barrowman. Um, yeah, from, so let Leo oh, oh, know your judge. Now, let's pandering. Hang on, I have to yep. update my argument for a later run. <laughs> <laughs> John Barrowman. Oh, hey. We argued with the Dr. purity Raptors. of heart. I do like the idea of the Flash doing uh, doing the detective work. I feel like that's a very sort of similar thing to what we've got on the Doctor Strange side. It's a you know breaking down a song, breaking down the clues. Um, but I I I don't know. I, yeah, Barry may have heart, but I guess I I, I always uh, go for the mind. So in this case, I'm, I'm with David. I, I think uh, I like the Doctor Strange. And I would say that if he's watching every Looney Tune to figure it out. He could save time by cutting out all the repetitive ones. So he's wasting a lot of his time. He's doing it in super speed. He can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask if the video equipment is capable yeah. of playing back in super speed. That's so the-, the thing. You'd need something very special and fancy, which was not mentioned by our uh, advocates. Yeah, so he just he takes the DVD and he just spins it and he looks at it with his eyes. That's that. I'm works, just right? sitting here slack jawed, y'all. <laughs> Doctor Strange is moving on, and Chip is going to stay up later. Doctor Strange. Uh, happy one? birthday, Chip! Happy birthday, Chip! <laughs> happy birthday! Uh, uh, <laughs> I hate Doctor Strange. <laughs> Silence. Order in this court. Order in this court. We are going to move on to a uh, a matchup between Batman, argued oh, by Tony Sindelar, against Wonder Woman, argued by Lisa Schmeiser. We'll start with uh, we'll start with Lisa. Since Wonder Woman is the number two seed, Batman the number one seed, strong matchup, the one versus two here. Lisa, your scenario is from listener Drew, who says, A subway train has fallen into a sinkhole and is slowly sinking into a subterranean lake. Time and oxygen are running out. Tell us what Wonder Woman would do. I think Wonder Woman would tell Drew he has to do his own physics homework. <laughs> because this reads like a word problem yeah. to me. Another scenario that begins with lashing out at the listeners. <laughs> it worked for hey, Chip. Aren't they all going? You to? don't get. You don't get to be number two. But no. <laughs> uh, so bearing in mind, sinkholes are created by. Um, some collapse of the surface layer, some sort of um, dissolution or um, basically what happens is the ground is kind of swept away underneath you. So the lake makes perfect sense. Um, The water is both necessary and threatening because the water slows the acceleration of the train and keeps it from crashing hard into a hard surface. However, the water also um, hurts the oxygen. Now, Again, I'm laying out the word problem here, Drew, so pay attention when you have to start writing those equations and showing your work for class. Um, (laughs) Now, bearing in mind that Wonder Woman received a boatload of flowers as blessings from the Olympic deities, and she now has, like, the mind of Pallas Athena and uh, has wisdom and intelligence and military prowess, and she has the um, sisterhood of fire, thanks to Hestia and things like that. And she can, and, and, and Hermes got in on the action, and Diana can now fly at approximately half the speed of light what she's going to do first 
is work on finding a way to drain the lake. So I think she's going to take an empty subway booth or something else that she can then fly to the bottom of the lake and use as a projectile to create a hole. The lake will begin to drain because it will have an area at which the water can rapidly vortex out. While it does that, Diana will swim her way back up to the surface. She'll lasso the train with her lasso of truth. She'll pull it back down from the breach and then she'll have a firm talking to with any and all transportation commissioners about why they are running heavily used public transportation over geologically unstable areas. Very nice. It is uh, because these were all selected randomly. You got to Mm -hmm. face a natural disaster, which is which is a little uh, different than a than a a supervillain, which I think is very interesting. Uh, Thank you, Tony. We're going to go to you with Batman. Your scenario comes from listener Keith. I will read listener Keith's scenario now. It's a little bit uh, detailed, but that's okay. (laughs) Batman loves details. Batman is very big on attention to detail. Here it is. Midnight. The late night talk show cuts to a special news bulletin. While flying back from a diplomatic mission in the Middle East, Air Force One has mysteriously disappeared mid-flight. Originally, I thought this was the entire scenario. Only (laughs) about 30 minutes later did I find and send to Tony the second portion of it, which reads, (laughs) several hours pass. (laughs) Data from NASA emerges that reveals the plane has been spotted on the moon. How does our hero help rescue the president from his lunar prison? <laughs> so, Batman's home turf is is Gotham, mm-hmm. uh, but he's regularly made space kind of part of his jurisdiction, right? I mean, there's even the Justice League Watchtower, uh, which is the, their orbiting space station, has been referred to as, you know, just a, a minor blip in the Wayne Tech discussionary, discussionary research budget, which is worrisome from an economic standpoint. <laughs> uh, but, you know... he. He'd probably be rather moping around, you know, the back alleys of Gotham. But when Air Force One goes missing, you strap on your space bat armor, you jump in your bat spaceship, and you go to the moon. That's what you do. Or that's what Batman does, at least. Uh, and when you, you get to the moon, you scan that moon, you find the president, and whatever supervillain is crazy enough to uh, kidnap the president and take him to the moon. Uh, I did some research. Surprisingly, not very many, uh, or, or as far as I can tell, no moon-themed villains in the DC universe. Um, <laughs> There's Moon Knight, but he's yeah, what a, a different universe. Also, not technically a, a hero. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, also technically, so, so you get to the moon, and you know, so you get, I feel like you're skipping something off. here. Yeah. So you get to the moon. Pale invitation, <laughs> got it. Yeah, I mean, the, the 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 thing here is, Batman is really the the Batman motto: be prepared. He has the accessories that will will take you to really wherever you've got. He's got. He's got a car, he's got a helicopter, he's got a jet, he's got a boat that's sometimes also a submarine, and he has a spaceship slash rocket that occasionally appears in the comics. So he's ready to go wherever you need to go. If they can make money selling a toy version of it, Batman has it, and he's got a spaceship <laughs> that's ready to rock. I think that's how he gets the discretionary budget for Wayne yeah, Tech. Probably he he probably has two spaceships. He has one spaceship he takes up to the space station, and then like another nicer one that he takes from there. He's like, I don't like taking that one into orbit. It gets dirty. So he <laughs> He takes that one, he goes to the moon, he finds out who has been stupid enough to, to uh, kidnap the president, and he beats the crap out of them, as Batman does. And then he takes them back home, and he's still got plenty of time, and he writes a nice little note card to Moon Knight saying, even you don't get called for moon-related emergencies. I'm Batman. <laughs> All right. Batman's a jerk. Yeah. Right? <laughs> he those, gets the job done. he gets the job done. I think that's an yeah. important point. All right. Well, yeah. we, uh, we've heard uh, some scenarios for Batman and Wonder Woman. Uh, good stuff. Erica, what are your thoughts? Okay, you guys, I love Wonder Woman. She's probably the only superhero that I have any sort of feelings for whatsoever. But I'm a little iffy on her plan to just, uh, you know, 
bust a hole in the bottom of a lake and quote unquote drain it. Uh, I don't know that that necessarily is going to work in every case. Um, so, uh, and I really like the idea of, of Batman, even though I'm not, not the hugest Batman fan, um, that he has the gadget that's needed for all of, uh, for all of these spacefaring things. Uh, I just feel like that's a it's a solid plan, and I can very much see Batman getting the job done, so I vote for Batman this time. All right, David? Sorry, Wonder Woman. Yeah. I would hope Batman would be smart enough to call his friend Clark, who could actually go and handle everything on the moon really easily without any gadgets. Without or Green any, Lantern, but Batman, you know, he's not, he's not is, really a team is, oh, player. I know, yeah. I know. This is, this is his job. Those other guys are busy. But also... It's Air Force One. It's the president. We have a vice president. Wonder Woman's <laughs> actually saving citizens. He's saving a politician. Who cares? Ooh. Right? I feel like so this Wonder is an Woman indictment is... of a scenario I was given. And not <laughs> yeah, but Wonder Woman didn't pick this scenario. Well, yeah. no. But, or but, did she? But Wonder Woman is, is... Wonder Woman did her research about the ability to, to drain a lake is what Wonder Woman That's did. That's right. <laughs> In super speed. But yeah, she's saving citizens. She's then going to the infrastructure and saying, you should not have let that train run, and here's why, and here are the things you need to do to help fix that. And, you know, she is concerned with public safety. Batman is concerned with kissing up to the president. So I'm voting for Wonder Woman. All right, well, that, that forces me as your, uh, as your tiebreaker to vote for, uh, for one of these two. Um, and because as I have not seated anyone else on the jury at this point, and uh, I hope it hadn't come to this. It, it's very difficult for me. I think that the Wonder Woman scenario was very nice, although I share Erica's skepticism that there somehow is a place at the bottom of a lake, uh, a subterranean lake for the water to drain. I believe the subterranean lake may be where the water drains too, and not from. Um, I also enjoy that Batman has uh, his space spaceship and his earth spaceship and like so <laughs> that, that may not be canon. shuttle shuttle among so. them well as far as i'm concerned if you said it tony it must be true i uh, i am reluctantly um uh, by a hair going to have to to rule for batman mm-hmm. Ooh, batman always gets everything yeah yes he does it is this it, is why he's the number one seed it's unfair yeah, yeah it is he's got the home field advantage there yeah he even has a bat sub sub pump sub, sub pump i don't know that yeah that would be great batman knows a thing or two about draining underground areas well this is great because now i'm on the jury that's right lisa now ascends to the to the role of a, one of our judges she's she's on a the jury now precious judge and that is, uh, that is the silver lining anything yes. can happen fear my whimsy <laughs> I do. Oh, we we we, do. we 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 do. You shall. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next matchup. It is the thing, who's going to be argued by Monty, and uh, and Wolverine, who I will argue. Unfortunately, I no longer have to be the tiebreak because we have three people on the jury now. Uh, good thing that that is a good thing that that happened. Well, it, we 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 did them in this order for a reason. <laughs> um, okay, Monty, here is your scenario. It is from listener Gary, who's who provided us, who has been killed by Doctor Strange earlier. <laughs> oh, no. <in> this. <laughs> but, to uh, avenge his death. Tragic. Wait, who has? To, yeah, who has to stop that? But but a random number. Um, flash came up with listener Gary Too again. Bad he's been eliminated. <laughs> uh, so listener Gary's scenario for Monty is this: Our hero, the Thing, has to balance the conflict between his super team. I assume that would be the Fantastic Four Christmas party, and a holiday party with extended family that is together for the first time in years. All while Stiltman runs amok through a closed shopping mall. <laughs> Good scenario, Gary. Monty, tell us what is going to uh, happen with Stiltman. Well, 
The first thing to keep in mind is that Ben Grimm is Jewish and his parents are dead. <laughs> That's not technically a it's, it's a holiday party with extended family. I think that this applies because it would be a, a Hanukkah-related gathering Case with closed. his aunts and uncles. Well, I was going to, if I may... Yes. And if you rule against me, it's because you're biased because you're arguing against me. So I, I can't. I, I know. I, I rule in your favor. I, I, I'm Whatever interpreting extended family as a more private holiday celebration with his girlfriend, Alicia Masters. All right. Fair enough. So what's going on is the Fantastic Four are having a big show-offy Christmas whoop-de-doo in the Baxter building. And across town, Alicia Masters is making dinner and just wants Ben to take a night off from his show-offy teammates and <laughs> eat with her. Uh, there's there, We got our dig at Reed Richards there. Thank you. <laughs> oh, there, there's more coming. <laughs> okay. Oh, nice. see, Monty knows how to play to the judges. See, that's right. This is the sort of thing that the blue-eyed, ever-loving thing is always having to deal with, because historically, the Fantastic Four comic book is split about fifty-fifty between fighting supervillains and dealing with inter-team conflict. <laughs> so, if we assume that it's kind of a three's company deal, where everyone's favorite orange rock monster is having to find excuses to sneak out of each party so we can rush over to the other one, we are. I think. <laughs> That's pretty easy. So to make it a little harder for myself, I won't take advantage of Alicia's blindness or Reed Richards' self-centeredness. <laughs> <laughs> because that's where Stiltman comes in handy. Mm. He's a villain mostly defined by having telescoping legs. Wikipedia describes him as a competent engineer and inventor and a moderately talented disguise artist. And I think it's safe to say that anyone who's described with words like competent and moderate is not a top-rank threat. So it should be no problem for the thing to occasionally glance out the window of the Baxter Building Christmas party and say, Oh, there's that goofball. I'll be right back, guys. Stiltman's mess around with them all. Then rush across town, go spend some time with Alicia. After... The appetizers, he says, oh, Alicia, I can see Stiltman out the window. I got to be right back. <laughs> and, of course, rush back to the join the rest of the team at the party. Back and forth all night. As long as he's back at the Baxter building in time to put on the Santa suit and give out presents, because obviously Ben is the one who puts on the Santa suit to give out presents, everything should be fine. Then at the end, when everyone has a festive evening, Ben goes out into the night to finally deal with Stiltman for real. I figure one backhand smack ought to do it. <laughs> the key is you just take out Very one nice. of Stiltman's legs. Then yeah. he's really in trouble. <laughs> it ain't that you don't hard. even you don't have to go for two. If you do That's two, right. he's yeah. like a normal guy. That's Maybe right. sadly, his sidekick is Domino Man. Maybe throw a rock at him. It, it, I'm a little concerned with the owner of the Foot Locker at the mall, who's who's had his store looted by Stiltman, while Ben Grimm has had uh, you know canapes with uh, Alicia Masters. But you know, all, that's for the, all you have to do is keep your safe on the floor and it's fine and it's fine okay good stilt man is up around the roof it's up for the judges to decide it's not for me to decide um, that's right we'll move on to the the uh the competition it's wolverine i'm gonna speak that? for wolverine uh this is from listener david uh one of his two submissions that we'll hear his other one later um and this is it wolverine comes across a boy who is about to unintentionally unleash a nuclear explosion from his body he, and by he, I believe David means Wolverine, can teleport once. Wolverine what? seems to have had a single-use <laughs> teleportation device given to him. Why can't I have the teleportation? That makes my scenario so much easier. <laughs> but you can only do it once. You can only do it once. Does Wolverine save the city and the child by taking 
the child far away, but sacrificing himself. Or Wolverine is trapped on one side of a river. There's a fox. And a- <laughs> or does he, or does he kill the child? That's right. Like, how does he save the child? Because doesn't the child going to explode no matter what? So yeah. I, I'm glad you asked that question, Dan. Thanks. Uh, so Wolverine standing there next, twenty dollars, standing offline, next thanks. to the the uh, the, uh, the 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 I- isotope lad who is uh who says i i can't stop it mr wolverine i'm g- i'm gonna release a nuclear explosion there's nothing i can do and wolverine says as he slowly walks up to the kid listen kid there are two ways this can go we can we can teleport you out into the desert and see what happens or i can end it now and he puts his hand up to the head of the kid and says i could get my claws out right now and end this and you'll die but the city will be safe or we can we can use my little single use teleport that I got from, <laughs> let's say Reed Richards. <laughs> what Reed? Who side are you on? <laughs> and and uh, we can take our chances, you and me. And I, you're probably going to blow me to smithereens, and you might blow yourself to smithereens. Um, but the city will be safe for sure. Um, what do you say, kid? And the kid looks at him and says, "Mr. Wolverine, <laughs> I don't want this city to die, um, and so I think you're going to have to kill me." And Wolverine says. Forget it, kid. I was never going to kill you. And he presses the button, initiating the teleport thingy and taking them into the desert somewhere, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know where it goes? This is yeah, totally irresponsible. It's, it's, it's a single-use teleport. To the moon! <laughs> yeah. To the moon. Basically, Reed Richards handed him the thing and said, use this on the isotope lad. It'll get him out of the way. So um, really, get Reed's him somewhere solving safe. this problem, not you. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Well, the teleport is part of the scenario. It just is there. Mm-hmm. I don't think Wolverine has discovered he has a single-use teleportation mutant power. That seems unlikely. So I'm going to go with a single-use teleport from somewhere else. They they appear the out in the middle of the desert. There's nothing there for miles and miles and miles. And the kid says, "Oh, Mr. Wolverine, I I can feel it coming. Here comes the nuclear explosion." And he says, "Hold on, kid. You'll probably be okay." Um, and if I don't if I don't make it, then uh, it's that way to Phoenix. <laughs> Boom! A giant nuclear explosion happens. Well, by the standards of regular explosions, it's giant. By the standards of nuclear explosions, it's small, but it's still a nuclear explosion. Um, the kid wakes up. It's it's evening in the desert, um, and he realizes that although he's exploded with the fire of a nuclear bomb, he's okay uh, because his mutant power has protected him. So he gets up and begins to walk. The direction Wolverine pointed him toward Phoenix, Arizona, where he can hopefully find a street or call his mom or get a ride or maybe call Reed Richards. Who knows? As he walks, he passes a small fragment of bone, the only, le- the only remains of Wolverine. Dissolve, dissolve, dissolve. One week later, Wolverine's regrown and he's out in the desert and he goes, wow, that stung. He gets up. Calls Charles Xavier. They pick him up in a jet, and he goes back to uh, to New York. And that is how Wolverine saved the city, with a little help from Reed Richards. But let's not talk about that. All right, I I, I think it's time to go to the judges now. Uh, Lisa, what are your thoughts? That whole Wolverine scenario is in direct opposition to what Logan actually did to a child who was killing off an entire city thanks to his mutant power in one of the issues of the Ultimate X-Men. And in that issue, what Logan did is Logan says, 
it's either the entire world or it's you, kid, and it sucks, but here is my, but, but you know the choice I'm going to make. And the kid sniffles and says, it's not fair. I've never even kissed a girl. And Logan hands him a beer and says, you can at least have a beer before uh, I do this. That's a good one. Gives I'm not defending Ultimate Wolverine. Gives the kid a beer and then kills him. I was hoping and, he was going to kiss the kid. No, no. <laughs> it was <laughs> Ultimate so, Wolverine. <laughs> So it's a little like this, but less bristly. You know. <laughs> come, come here, bud. There's Wolverine a lot of adamantium involved. Uh, no, so so the whole time Jason is is spinning his scenario, it's quite cinematic and lovely, and I can see Hugh Jackman acting the bejesus out of it. But no, I don't buy it, and so I'm going to go with the um, I'm going to I'm going to go with the Ben Grimm scenario instead. All right, Erica, what do you think? Well, I'm I'm not particularly a fan of this Ben Grimm scenario when he's using the chaos at the mall in order to be able to go back and forth between two fancy parties. Talk about privilege. So I'm going to go with Wolverine. What <laughs> of the manager of the Foot Locker as his stock is destroyed by Stiltman while Ben Grimm? Mm-hmm. I didn't mention that the mall is set on Yancey Street and everybody there hates Ben Grimm, so the hell with him. <laughs> that doesn't that help. That just makes it worse. That doesn't help. All right, David, you get to decide this one. Well, I... I have to I have to say I'm with Lisa because I think Ultimate Wolverine or not either version of Wolverine would probably do the same thing. Um and I kind of like the idea of Ben Grimm as Jack Tripper. And and I would think that if it's a holiday party, it's going to be nighttime, the mall might well be closed and it's Foot Locker. Who cares? <laughs> so, so is Stiltman just having a good time? Yeah, yeah. It's like maybe, a joyride at the mall. Maybe he just wants corndog <laughs> on a stick because it reminds him of, well, anyway, you know. He wants an orange Julius. Oh, yeah. you know, some caramel corns. <laughs> the, the fifth Stiltman used to run, used to manage a Cinnabon. That was just, that's his Stiltman. I mean, admittedly, wants. people are freaked out by the Stiltman, but maybe they're freaking out and he's just like, hey, it's the holiday season. I want to go Christmas shopping. So I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Ben Grimm. All right, Ben Graham moves along. You go to the mall, there's free balloons in the rafters. Cinderella story (laughs) continues. (laughs) Okay, let's move on to our next matchup. It is uh, number one seed Spider-Man against number two seed Captain America. Captain America, although number two, highly ranked, is the low seed here. So Moises, you get to go first. You will be responding to a scenario from... Listener David, who we just heard in the Wolverine scenario, and this is Listener David's scenario. A bad guy took control of the superhero's mind, that would be Captain America, and had him kill a few thousand innocent people. (laughs) (laughs) How will he explain he didn't do it, make amends, and stop it from happening again? Moises? Well, in a world where things like civil war happen, I have to say this particular scenario is, is not exactly off the beaten path, as it were. The only thing that Captain America could possibly hope to do is be honest, tell people the truth, and lay himself at the mercy of the system of justice to which he has sworn an oath. Captain America is the one who is going to get on his knees, surrender himself, and hopefully not get assassinated by one of his friends who's been mind-controlled to do so, in doing so. It really comes down to honesty. It really comes down to a guy who technically wears a mask, but everybody knows what his secret identity is, coming out and saying, look, you guys know me, you know my record, you know that this is not something that you would associate with Captain America. You know that this is not me. You know that this is only the sort of thing that could be, that could be held to, to, to mind control. 
And if you don't believe that, well, I, I have to lay myself at the mercy of the American people, the people of the world. Uh, God bless America. And when it comes down to it, that's, that's it. That's, that's, uh, that's the thing that Cap has to stand on, is trust me, trust my record. And, uh, and if you don't, I'm going to make myself accountable for all of it. Unlike some people who run around wearing a mask and uh, and and not being forthright and and telling people who he is, and and that was how Captain America got away with masking. <laughs> <Yeah. Nope. laughs> <laughs> Moving on to Spider Man, who's going to be argued by Dan. Uh, you got a scenario from listener Michael, and it is simple. And again, as with the Flash scenario, was generated randomly and yet is so matched to the hero. Here is the Spider Man scenario. Spider-Man is forced to go on a date with the child of his arch nemesis. <laughs> Dan? <laughs> well, Michael, we, 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 we've all been there, right? You know, we're just an ordinary superhero trying to make a lot, uh, difference in the lives of the people of our city and, and, you know, occasionally try to find a date. And we can't help it if in this connected age, the dating services that we use on our mobile phone and website match us up with the daughter of a supervillain. Like, that's, you know, the odds are it's going to happen sooner or later. He's got a lot of arch nemeses. Um, I think, you know, to Peter Parker's credit, and I assume that he is going on this date as Peter Parker and not so much as Spider-Man, Probably because not. that seems yeah. super awkward. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, you know, never rule it out. Um, I feel like, you know, Peter Parker probably, he, maybe he wouldn't realize until he shows up at this, like, fancy restaurant that he's arranged to go to, and then he has that sort of moment of like, wow, she looks really familiar. Oh, crap but you know he's an upstanding kid um and i think you know what he learned from from aunt may and uncle ben um among other things that with great power comes great responsibility towards you know the people that you date in life so i think he would try to do his best to make sure that that his date had a pleasant evening but i think he would also try to subtly sabotage it by you know perhaps using some of his science know-how to uh accidentally cause you know uh, something terrible to happen during the meeting. The, the, the table suddenly falls over, spilling all the food on him, and he has to get up and excuse himself and go to the restroom. Uh, or that he would, you know, ac- accidentally shoot something with his with his web slinging devices, and uh, you know, again, sort of uh, cause a mishap that would distract attention, so that while the date he would be trying gamely to make the date, you know, like seem like it's going off very well, he would also ensure that not only. Uh, would, would there never be a second date, but there wouldn't even be the least suspicion that he is, in fact, Spider-Man and thus compromise his secret identity. Um, but he would make sure that, you know, that he he takes care of dinner and that he makes sure that she gets home safely and all of those important things because Peter Parker is above uh, all things a gentleman. Uh, and then he would suit up and go out and, and fight some crime, maybe awkwardly busting her dad in the process you never know those kinds of things happen. All right. Uh, tough one for our judges. Let us start with David. What do you think? I love the Three's Company scenario for Ben Grimm. Uh, this is a few degrees less difficult than that. Uh, you know, it's a date. He gets out of the date. It's kind of like an episode of Family Ties, really. Um, <laughs> whereas Captain America is the one who's standing up for, you know, he's, he's taking great responsibility and placing great trust in the people. And, you know, if all goes wrong, uh, then I look forward to the Marvel version of that Supermax prison script that DC never made uh, as a film, 
Um, and also, I really like Ultimate Frisbee. So I'm going to go with Captain America. All right. Uh, Erica? I, too, am going to go with Captain America. Um, I, I appreciate that, that both of the the answers for these were basically being upstanding fellows. But I, I like the simplicity and the elegance uh, of the fact that honesty really is the best policy. So I, I go with Cap. Who, who says America isn't great Lisa, already? What, 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 we, have, we have two votes already for Captain America, but I'm interested in your thoughts. <laughs> for the record. For the record. For the, for the record. You can file a dissent or you can file a concurring opinion now. How patriotic are you, Lisa? How much do you love America? Well. Order. Chairman Trump is America. listening. No, no badgering to America On purpose. Yeah. Well, mm. say, why isn't Erica on the hot seat here? Um... <laughs> As, as was correctly because she's pointed in Canada, out, it's cold up there. On being wrongly accused of, of, of be, being accused of ma- a mass murder you committed when you were technically out of your gourd, and and going on a bad date are, are really just two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm with you. Because you know, they're, they're both just really awkward situations where, where you're left cleaning up a mess that you didn't quite create. I honestly feel like bad dates are sort of Peter Parker's normal, and this isn't a particular <laughs> challenge for him. Whereas, um, you know, well, actually, come to think of it, perhaps mass murder is America's normal and not a particular <laughs> challenge. Oh, gosh. It's, I'm, I'm going to go with Captain America just because I want to see how this plays out in the final, to All be right. honest with you. Captain America, I, think I, got, I think I got hampered by a bad scenario in that one. Yeah. <laughs> Again, you got you to make do. You could have come up with, like, the reason. You never, Dan, you never addressed why he was forced to go on this date, for example. Yeah, you didn't paint us a picture of him. What was the nemesis's plan? Having it, yeah, the, the vulture's daughter I mean, or something was there, like that. This scenario was poorly, this scenario was poorly laid out. I didn't get an exceedingly there, long premise about all the reasons behind all right it, so was there a plan or was he just like oh he found him found himself on a date with the nemesis daughter maybe maybe the nemesis was trying to trap him maybe the daughter was trying to trap him maybe, maybe the were nemesis just wanted him. spider-man to lose so that jason would be really sad interesting but we'll never know because spider-man has been eliminated and that we have reached the final four which means that dan you now join our panel of judges welcome uh, and we are moving to the next round, which involves doomsday scenarios selected and provided to our participants on the spot. They must react and say how their hero would react to a doomsday scenario. Um, we're going to start with Batman versus The Thing. Tony and Monty. Monty, you get to go first. I, I have randomly selected a doomsday scenario for you. And this is it. A mad scientist has pointed a colossal magnifying glass at Antarctica in order to completely melt the ice shelves and drown the world. Please tell us how the thing would react to that scenario. Well, the first thing the thing's going to have to do is go get that giant uh, magnifying glass. Uh, Now, there's a chance that it's just hovering in space, but I like to think of it as sort of as being a Sherlock Holmes type magnifying glass where you've got the lens and then a handle so that the handle can be <laughs> touching the ground just cause it'll look cooler that way. I'm on board. So yep. he's going to get in one of the fantastic Ford's many jet cars, possibly the fantastic car and shoot straight down to the South pole. Maybe it's a uh, handle is in Tierra del Fuego and then it just goes up a bit. Do you think they have real estate speculation going on, maybe, and they're trying to try, try to melt the ice caps so that their their inland properties will suddenly become hot resort properties? <laughs> well, that's a really 
That's Follow a really, money, really stupid plan, and only a terrible movie would use that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to fly down to Tierra del Fuego. No need to bring the other uh, Fantastic Four on this job. Seems pretty straightforward. All also, who wants is- to spend time with Reed Richards? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, uh, as you may know, Ben is an expert pilot. And he would have no problem just shooting down to Tierra Little Fuego, hop out of the fantastic car, walk up to this enormous magnifying glass, grip it with his incredible physical strength, second only to the Hulk. Uh, you may be interested to know that it says here his feats include successfully holding back a giant alien spacecraft from jettisoning from Earth. Wow. Given that, I'm certain that all he would have to do is grab that giant magnifying glass and then grunt and strain for a couple of pages <laughs> rip it right from the ground fling it off into space where it will eventually hit the sun you right. have given me a doomsday challenge that is easily solved with just grit determination and enormous strength all of which ben Grimm has in spades all right very nice tony here's your scenario it's from listener Drew. That was from listener Michael, by the way. Listener Michael, uh, back. He, you may remember him from the Looney Tunes serial killer. Oh, um, I love that guy. And <laughs> and uh, and now he's back with that. With that, uh, I've just freshly randomly picked these as as we've been talking. Uh, here's yours. It's from listener Drew, and Tony. This is the entirety of your doomsday scenario. <laughs> the dinosaurs are back, and they're angry. <laughs> wow. Well, you know, I, I think that, that you can always count on Batman uh, to uh, to figure out that there is a problem using his detection <laughs> skills, so he will notice. Oh, did he notice where they're back? Did he? Wow, and then job. they're angry. Greatest um, detective in the world, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> Alfred will run into the Batcave and be like, Master Bruce, Master Bruce, the dinosaurs are back. And and he'll turn around in his chair and be like, I know. And they're angry. And they're, angry. Yeah. <laughs> they're not really they... hungry or tired or cranky or uncomfortable. They're, they're yeah. angry. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a reoccurring thing where uh, Batman will, sometimes he will, in, in the guise of Bruce Wayne being like, I need to make a donation to somewhere, will go and talk to somebody. Like, in the first appearance of Man Bat, he goes and talks to a bat scientist about, like, I need to donate a bunch of money to your bat lab. But hey, there's this bat. <laughs> monster that's knocking over like you know the labs across town can i ask you some questions about that i'm just a weird eccentric rich guy so i think you know he'll go and talk to uh, some paleontologists and figure out like how many how many dinosaurs should we keep for scientific reasons and how many dinosaurs am i allowed to you know vaporize um what you don't get to keep all the dinosaurs that's lesson one of when the dinosaurs come back that's a problem you get to keep some dinosaurs you get to put them in zoos that's good for the kids uh but then i think batman is probably gonna have to break out some kind of pretty severe bat hardware i think we're talking about some kind of bat mech at this point um and he's gonna have to go out and probably have to fight some 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 dinosaurs you know other other heroes might shoot dinosaurs uh batman's not about that but he will wear a giant robot suit and punch a dinosaur in the face with a bat mech with a bat fist and i think there's probably going to be about two issues then of batman just punching dinosaurs maybe maybe eventually he gets to ride a t-rex and he's lassoing some other dinosaurs uh and yeah there's going to be a lot of batman riding dinosaurs lassoing dinosaurs keeping a couple dinosaurs in a pin i don't know maybe you just chase the rest into the ocean batman's not here to you know to protect all dinosaurs he's here to protect gotham and the Uh, people in the world yeah. Tony, I know we're competitors, but can I make a suggestion? Go for it. I'd really like some sort of situation where he has to use a pterodactyl, because it looks kind of like a bat. Oh, 
Yeah. Um, I have a small question, point of clarification with the dinosaur <laughs> scenario, please. I, I am, I, I, I was going to say I'm ready, but I won't lie. I'm here. What are there? What if there's mosasaurs and dinosaurs in the ocean? Oh, well, those I feel like are those really endangering uh, people? I feel like if they keep to themselves, because they're okay. huge. He calls and his they, friend Aquaman. They Tell me are. That's not he calls that's his friend Aquaman. Aquaman was knocked boo, out like three rounds boo. ago. I feel yeah, like yeah, I feel like yeah. if you've knocked, I and feel ben like if you've Grimm knocked a superhero, Reed Richards over. Oh yeah, everybody. No, loves no, that. no. I feel like if you've knocked the superhero out of contention already, they don't get to come back to help the people who are still in. I don't think yeah. there's no. Sure, they should. Just like on Top Chef, when everybody comes back as a sous chef. No, I, I, I hate that too. Leave that up to the judges to decide whether they want to look great. Again. I would like to offer a conservative estimate. I feel like Batman could take down 150, maybe 175 dinosaurs before he'd need to call for help. That's yeah. my feeling. All right. I'm just saying, I want to see the I'm Jurassic Park Batman. You got 200 up. angry dinosaurs, you call the Justice League. 175, that's <laughs> Batman. So the, the stereo said the dinosaurs are back. All of All the dinosaurs of, well, ever? There have been a lot of dinosaurs. Whoa, that seems millions like, of years of them. The, yeah, that would about be the tiny, so I guess the tiny cute ones are the ones that stay in the zoos for the kids. Well, it is a doomsday scenario, so it can't <laughs> be a small number of dinosaurs. It has to be enough, whatever the number is that causes doom from dinosaurs. Dinosaur doom. Yeah. I don't have the dinosaur the doom math number. to back up. What, I mean, like one really angry one could do it. Yeah, you know? yeah like that's a big true. One. Strong. Strong point. All right, I think we're going to move on to the judges now to to, to determine the the winner between these two uh, these two scenarios. Uh, and why don't we start with Dan? I have a concern about this dinosaur scenario specifically. I believe mention was made of Batman vaporizing dinosaurs. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Batman is not really a killer. And considering that this entire species was wiped out off the entire face of the earth. Don't you think you can find some sort of way to maybe, you know, let them live in harmony? Maybe put them on a giant spaceship or something and send them off to the moon. Where they can keep with the president. president. Dan, Dan, I have really bad news for you about the moon and its preparedness to handle dinosaurs. <laughs> but we'll talk, we'll, ta- we'll talk later. Yeah, I mean, that's what moon. moon Knight would have done, and he would have had it under control. Yeah. No, you but would, I, I'm, I'm You would drown all that. the dinosaurs in the Sea of Tranquility. I, I am worried about oh, Batman boo. just blatantly killing off all of these all of these endangered. Well, to be creatures. fair, Tony said they would put some in zoos and he would kill well, them. Oh, that's yeah. Let's let's kill some of them and imprison the rest of them. That makes perfect sense. This is what Dan, the savage lines are for. Let me, yeah, let me let me talk. Uh, let me give you some Batman logic here. You can't reason with dinosaurs. <laughs> Batman Trust me, logic. I'm Batman. Wait, are we, like, which are we talking about? Like Land Before Time dinosaurs? No, these are the bad kind of dinosaurs. They're angry. They're so we're angry. talking Land Before Time dinosaurs. <laughs> Doesn't they are the Batman kind of know at least one dinosaur or dinosaur hybrid or something? Uh, I mean, he has like a T Rex in his Batcave, but that—that's we have no we have no I reason. I thought to it was like a T Rex statue. I'm yeah. pretty sure it's a statue. Maybe it's maybe it's an actual T Rex that's just very still. Mm. Dan, what is your ruling? I, I'm going on record by registering my my concerns about Batman willfully killing endangered creatures, but it's still better than a stupid magnifying glass. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Blame the villain, man. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, go to Erica. What do you think? I'm, I'm torn because I, I love the idea of, of this giant magnifying glass just hanging there and and then just coming up and just tossing it away. I think that that's, you know, talk about elegant simplicity. I, I appreciate that. Um, however, I also, I, I wouldn't have even thought to save any of the dinosaurs. Um, so I appreciate the idea that Batman decided to save some of them and put them put them in zoos. Uh, and, and I think that that's a kind of a much more interesting way to go. So I'm going to I'm going to go for Batman. All right. Lisa, what do you think? 
Well, I don't hold a grudge against Batman just because uh, he knocked out Wonder Woman in the last round. And I, I honestly, I really love the dinosaur scenario for so many reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's uh. great. <laughs> it, it just amuses me to imagine Batman riding on the back of a pterodon of some sort at, at some point in the proceedings and, and feeding the land dinosaurs to the mosasaurs and then finding a way to get to, and then they die of starvation or something. Um, so I'm, I'm going to have to with Batman and the dinosaurs just because I really love that scenario so much. Like it just gives me much more pleasure than imagining Ben Grimm walking out of a conversation with Reed Richards because Reed is boring and awful and then going and driving one of the fantastic cars down south to take care of a comically oversized um, magnifying glass that, that, that doesn't hold a candle to uh, Batman effectively remaking a Jurassic Park movie with his own personal bat, bat raptor squad. Well, Batman is going to move on. David, though, uh, I would like your your uh, thoughts to concur or dissent. I have to concur. I mean, like I said, I wouldn't have put him in this round, but if he's here, uh, I, I got to give it to him. I mean, I, desperate times call for desperate measures. So it is a doomsday, device, a, a doomsday scenario. He's going to probably have to kill something. And they're dinosaurs. They're not people, right? His whole thing is about mm-hmm. not killing people. So, Oh, God, what if they're sentient, though? Uh, well, it that was not true. in the scenario. No, they're just angry. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Okay. All right. They're just angry All right. past dinosaurs. You know, uh, Ben's got a whole team that he could call on, but he's able to handle it himself. What kind of a doomsday is that? You know, it's pretty easy. So I got to give right. it to Batman. Wait, 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 wait. Because Ben is part of a team but didn't use them, as opposed to Batman, who's part of the Justice League but didn't use them? <laughs> yeah. well, that doesn't seem right at all. Well... Yeah, one Look, of the many injustices of this tournament. Uh, <laughs> congratulations to Batman for moving on as as foretold. We're going to move on to the next round now. Am I a judge now, Monty? Congratulations, you are the you are now a judge. Excellent. You've been promoted. <laughs> How um, many judges now? Uh, of them, there there are six now. <laughs> we've we've Excellent. always judged, and it's we continue to judge. I only appear when I need to break a tie. So so in this scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not have to break a tie because there are five other judges. Captain America versus Doctor Strange. Uh, Doctor Strange <gasps> is the number five seed chip, so you're going to argue this first. Uh, your scenario comes from listener Chad. I will read it to you now. Tim Cook is revealed to be a robot and the head of the artificial intelligence uprising. He pushes the secret <laughs> button, causing all iPhones, Apple Watches, etc. to tap into their owner's nervous system and take over their body. Tim then commands this army of cyborgs, which includes all the iPhone-owning superheroes, to take over the world. To defeat Tim, our heroes must fight their superhero friends and own an Android phone. Windows phone or BlackBerry <laughs> would be fine, but it seems really unlikely. That is Ch- Chad's <laughs> scenario for Doctor Strange. Tell us, Chip... How does Doctor Strange solve the Apple-created robot uprising? Doctor Strange is patently not a man of science. He is a man of magic. However, um, Apple products have been commonly described as as magical. magical. (laughs) So I think that he has a secret in here. Um. He is also uh, he is also as I have demonstrated earlier in this surprising uh rise to success for dr strange he is i would uh, argue um, it's not that surprising because he's an amazing hero and wait a minute i'm arguing against you why keep it down over there he has the powers of teleportation he has the powers of zapping things and things like that what he also has the power to possess other people's minds and 
the last little thing that I'm going to pull out of my butt here is that Doctor Strange is a member of the secret Marvel team called the Illuminati. And one of his teammates on the Illuminati is Reed Richards, who would never... He's he's too much of a jerk. He would never have an iPhone. He'd have an Android phone. Doctor Strange (laughs) would possess Reed Richards, stretch him infinitely across the globe in such a way that he would take the i take the iPhones away from every possessed superhero simultaneously, taking them from them immediately, delivering them to Doctor Strange who would immediately cast them into the orb of Agamotto, dispersing them across the universe immediately, causing a loop of psychic feedback that would fry Tim Cook's mind. Interesting. All right. Casting him into the dark dimension. I agree. I think that's a great idea. All right, Moises, now here it's your scenario for Captain America. This comes from our uh, listener friends Clinton and Sarah. Ooh, a two-person one. Who write... An increase in global temperatures is causing the glaciers to retreat and polar ice caps to melt. Who will cool the planet before sea levels rise to a disastrous degree? Moises, tell us how Captain America can solve global warming. (laughs) (laughs) This scenario is patently nonsense, don't you think? Uh, We're in fantasy land here, people. Mm -hmm. Let's, Let's take other teammates out of the equation. Let's take leaning on crutches out of the equation. Let's let's put the single sentinel of liberty up against this dire, dire thing that is going to destroy the planet as we know it, both in real life and in fiction. How, how does Captain America reverse something that climate scientists have said in the real world? Look, uh, we're really too far gone. It's a matter of how fast we go down that drain. A nice little accessory, something that, you know, you, you wear on a night out when it's going to be the last night on Earth that I like to call the Infinity Gauntlet. The Infinity Gauntlet's capability of rewriting the fabric of reality is quite simply the the cleanest solution to reversing something that otherwise a man without superpowers, aside from strength and uh, and things that allow you to punch things, you can't exactly punch climate change in the face, can you? Well, as much as you'd like to, as much as you'd like to, you can't. Unless you have the power of the six Infinity Gems, apparently now Infinity Stones, maybe next week they're going to be Infinity uh, Trinkets. I don't know what they're calling them these days. Tchotchkes. Tchotchkes, the Infinity Tchotchkes. Waving, waving, his, uh, waving his, 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 his hand, wearing those Infinity Gems on his fist, that, in and of itself, is the cleanest, simplest way for Captain America to not put other people in danger and at once turn back this terrible, terrible, terrible scenario. I mean, threat. Hmm. All right. Interesting. We have, uh, we have uh, Captain America using the power of the universe to stop global warming. We have Doctor Strange using magic. And also, interestingly, a bold gambit, Reed Richards at a key role <laughs> to save the world. Uh, <laughs> Do I have it right that he's literally using Reed Richards' body? Yeah, I think that's I think that's he's what's using Reed now. Richards for his body. I yeah. just wanted that on the record. All right, it's on the record now. So let's uh, let's go to the judges. Uh, we will start with Lisa. What are your thoughts? Ah, what are my thoughts? I don't understand why Cap just didn't throw his at his his vibranium shield into a volcano and prompt a Krakatoa style explosion that would blanket the Earth in ash and uh, perhaps call, cause ambient temperatures to cool with extra long winters for a few years. It's can, what we can, were all thinking. 
Well, well, yeah. Sad, sadly, that super soldier serum, <laughs> you know, doesn't uh, doesn't give you the smarts, just the punching. Really? Is that it's a, so? It doesn't give you. It doesn't improve your brain because wouldn't you need to have um, some changes to the cerebral cortex to make up for the increased fast muscle twitching? He's very, now I mean, it improves now- your brain's ability to take a punch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Controversial so, and concussions. So, so I, by the I, hoary I host myself, of Holgoth, I have no idea. I find myself on my own mini doomsday scenario because, on the one hand, my um, hatred of Reed Richards is well documented. Um, yes. On the other hand, I feel like Steve's solution was deeply stupid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, hmm. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go for Doctor Strange just because anything that basically uses Reed Richards as kind of a living conduit to to nefarious ends is, is okay, um, and I retain hope that that perhaps Tim Cook can be rehabilitated and come back as a member of the Illuminati. All right, Monty, am I to understand that Captain America just picked up the Infinity Gauntlet and all six Infinity Tchotchkes? <laughs> At some point along the way, did he? Have this I'm sorry, we, we, yeah. mi- we missed the recap page. Uh, Captain America went to uh, went to his pals and said, "Hey, this is the problem. We need to fix it. And can I have the Infinity Gauntlet, please?" I have to he say, did say please. That doesn't sound like solving it on his own. That sounds like going to somebody else saying, "Can I have the magical MacGuffin that will solve everything for me?" I'm going to have to go with Dr. Dr. Strange for all of his cool alliteration and actual use of magic. All right. Erica? I'm also going with Dr. Strange. I like the idea of throwing all iPhones into some whatever (laughs) it was. (laughs) Because I do use an Android and I like it. Gosh darn it. That's right. And you're going to save the world. I'm worried that I'm I'm going to be accused of throwing this for Doctor Strange, which I think is a completely reasonable assertion to make against <laughs> me, knowing how big of a Doctor Strange fan I am. But I, what can I say? I, I'm I'm losing uh, I'm losing proudly. David, Ooh, I'm going to go for Doctor Strange partly because <laughs> I've had enough things not just work perfectly with an Apple device, so I don't think it would be a seamless, perfect plan. And it just works. It just David. works. I it know. just I know. works. I know. Well, that's what the, the robots tell you. And, you know, I, I like the idea of Reed being stretched out to such a degree that if he hasn't been completely sacrificed to save the world, then at least he's going to be in extreme pain and trauma for hmm. how, how many years to come. So good for you, Dr. Strange. All right. And Dan? Uh, yeah, so my understanding was Captain America is basically going to use magic. So that seems like kind of like a Doctor Strange-like territory. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like there's some trademark infringement going on there. Sure, Doctor Strange. It's yeah. a unanimous ruling for Doctor Strange. We're going to move on to the final. Yes, that's it. We have reached the final round. How the hell did I make it to the final? Our, <laughs> happy birthday, our fi- Chip. Happy birthday, Chip. Yeah, happy yes. birthday, Chip. Our final, our final <laughs> matchup. <laughs> Uh, against against a jury of of uh, of seven of your peers is going to be Batman versus Doctor Strange, <laughs> the classic battle. <laughs> and the classic battle number five seed coming out of one one region and the number one seed from a different region from the Gotham region, I believe. Um, Chip, you are the number five seed. You are the lower seed here, so you can go first. Your final scenario is this: How does Doctor Strange beat Batman in a fight? Dear God, here's what Doctor Strange does to beat the Batman. Doctor Strange, as demonstrated, has many various magical powers. Some would say they exist at the whim of the writers. 
One of Doctor Strange's powers is the power of transmutation. When he faces Batman, he uses his magical powers of transmutation to turn Batman's costume into that of Moon Knight. (laughs) (laughs) And thus momentarily nauseated is vulnerable to being simply punched in the face. (laughs) All right, Tony, how does Batman defeat Doctor Strange? Well, here's the thing. I, you know, Batman is probably going to be and is, is most challenged in, in situations where he has to come up against magic. That's I feel like that's just not something Batman has to deal with. And you know what? I, you know, I had this is not a, a particular superhero scenario I had thought about before, and I have thought about many. And <laughs> I, you know, I think in a in a fair fight, uh, Doctor Strange really wouldn't have that much trouble taking Batman down. Here's the thing. Batman never gets into a fair fight. Um, Batman is always overprepared, and he's basically ready to drop on somebody from the rafters and pummel them in, uh, into a submission where they will not be able to say any magic words because their throat will be crushed, and they will certainly not be able to do any magic gestures because seven to nine of their fingers will be broken. So oh. the way that Batman is going to, to defeat Doctor Strange is defeating him before Doctor Strange even knows there's a fight. That's how Batman wins. Interesting. So Doctor Strange is gearing up and it's over yeah no oh, that's pretty good that, that batman batman yeah. is is always prepared he 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 has he knows he knows dr strange street address he knows where he hangs out he knows what he likes at his coffee he is over prepared i thought you were gonna go with chip scenario and say so dressed as moon knight batman <laughs> punches <laughs> dr strange in the face and says i'm still batman here's the thing batman <laughs> can also take a punch from dr strange batman can take a lot of punches all right Okay, we are going to go to the judges for this. Um, I, I randomly selected the order in which the judges will vote. Moises, you get to go first. Well, look, I have some opinions about this. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't hmm. say. Hmm. Dr. Stephen Strange, master of the mystic arts, sorcerer supreme <laughs> over the earth dimension. How dare you assert the notion that Batman could punch Doctor Strange before Doctor Strange, someone who dances among the dimensions and alternate planes of existence as if they were the wooden floor of a tap dance studio. How? How is this possible? How? I, I, I just, I cannot possibly fathom it. Uh, Doctor Strange, as, as Chip was saying subtextually, contextually, and overtly, um, there, there's simply no way for a guy with some fancy toys and nice cars and a T-Rex in his cave um, and a nice big TV that he sits in front of all the time instead of socializing with other human beings like he's, a normal person. He's got a whole zoo of dinosaurs now. I, he's, you know, he, he's so busy curating this zoo while Doctor Strange is, uh, is, is preventing the invasion of Dormammu from the Dark Dimension. Uh, something that only but rarely comes up when Batman's stronger and more capable superhero friends that frankly, uh, I think technically he was learning some karaoke earlier, but uh, yeah. fair enough. I, I just, uh, I, I, I can't, I can't fathom it. I can't, I can't see I, the opportunity was there to convince me. Uh, sadly, um, a radically, radically, uh, lopsided, match uh there uh, a more lopsided match there has never been i i have to find um for dr strange right. citing uh I, okay moises thank you you're uh, citing the great sorcery of the guy who won in chip scenario by punching him in the face <laughs> 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 it's 
Sorcerer Supreme, but punched in the face. Hey, he's you know he's gonna he's gonna land he's gonna mm-hmm. land the punch first, and he's going to land sure. an infinite number of punches beyond that uh, before <laughs> poor puny mortal non magical Batman uh, knows what's coming. All right, uh, not a surprise vote. <laughs> but 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 he we, had to go we first. knew where the court would, would which way I'm, wins. We knew, we I'm, a, the I'm a strange yeah. supremacist. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, we, we know who this. We're counting swing votes. Here. Yeah, yeah. Erica, you are uh, randomly selected to be next. Oh boy. Well, you know, based on the scenarios as I heard them, and having less uh, background knowledge of these two these two heroes, I I really can see if if anybody could get the drop on somebody who seems to be all powerful, I do think that it would be Batman. So I can I can picture Batman. I mean, he is a comic book superhero. Uh if anybody could pull it out, I think that it I think it's the Batman. So I'm going Batman. All right. Uh Dan, you know, I held such hope for for Chip's argument and magic was a strong opening. Um and I and I have to say that the Moon Knight costume change, a stroke of brilliance. <laughs> However, <laughs> I have some concerns, chief among them uh, the fact that Doctor Strange does, in fact, then try to punch Batman in the face. Now, I don't know how much you know about Doctor Strange's background with his hands, but his <laughs> hands aren't in the best of shape. So that's true. Uh, point know, of order. Point of order. Depending on what Wikipedia, part of con- uh, what? what? According to his Wikipedia, he knows martial <laughs> yeah. arts. Oh, he know. I'm sorry. He knows martial arts. So Batman, not so much. Well, no, it's a game try. Can't, 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 can't do surgery, yeah. guys. I'd like to uh, point to Exhibit A. He's Batman. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, this, this is a tough matchup. As Tony pointed out, Batman's biggest vulnerability is traditionally magic. However, Doctor Strange, you know, I think has trouble with things that are based in a more earthly realm. Uh, and so I, I feel like absolutely if he had like used the magic to the full extent and, develop, you know, thrown him into some sort of hell universe or parallel dimension... I think Doctor Strange would have this locked down. However, he chose to punch him in the face, and I think that may be his undoing because he's going to get that punch off. But after that, I think he's in serious trouble. So, who's I, to, I who's think... to say that punch doesn't carry with it the force of a thousand suns? I'm well, just saying. Uh, Chip was really to say it, and he didn't say it. So yeah, Dan, I, I respect Dan's, the Dan's opinion of Batman. my fellow judge, uh, Your Honor. Um, but I, I think in the very end, I think I do have to find for Batman, Lisa. Because Batman is actually the world's greatest detective and exactly paranoid enough to have complete files on who even his friends are and the best way to kill them when they go evil, which he does. I am sure that at some point he discovered the parallel universe where all the Marvel characters lived. (laughs) And he began, he subscribed to Marvel Unlimited and began reading through all the history (laughs) lessons. (laughs) All the movies. Exactly, and um, I'd like to see when Batman opens up a Moon Knight issue and is like, "Really, really?" <laughs> well, Batman clearly thinks Moon Knight is the best comic book in the Marvel yeah, universe. Possibly yeah. so. Yeah, this guy is like very violent, violent for my taste, guy. but I like I where he's coming find from. A, how does he keep the uniform so clean? Mm. Um, no, I'm finding for Batman because again, Batman uses Bat- look. Magic is awesome and great, and does all sorts of really cool stuff, and is certainly better than giant magnifying glasses. Blah blah blah. But. Um, Batman thinks ahead and he's paranoid and he correctly assumes everyone is out to get him. And that is what will keep him alive because he automatically assumes he's going to lose, but he goes into the fight anyway. All right, Monty, what do you think? Well, uh, first let me say that my decision will bear no animus from Batman unfairly beating my beloved Ben Grimm earlier in the proceedings. Mm. (laughs) 
<laughs> Thank you. But here's the thing. According to the scenario we heard, Batman can drop on Doctor Strange unnoticed and break seven to nine of his fingers. He doesn't need all those fingers. He just needs one or two. He's only need two to make that one magical gesture. The only magical gesture he ever makes. <laughs> he only needs one to make that other gesture. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know that Batman's plan is that well thought out. Break all of his fingers. Because if you leave him two, he's just going to put a hex on you. Now, looking at the Doctor Strange scenario, there's been a lot of talk on whether Doctor Strange could actually punch Batman in very well. I'll remind you, Doctor Strange lives in Greenwich Village and has since the early 60s. (laughs) (laughs) This was not always a great neighborhood. You can't live there dressed the way Stephen Strange does and not get into the occasional fight. I thought that the clothing was protective coloration. (laughs) (laughs) I have confidence that if he has the drop on Batman, which I believe the scenario suggested some sort of magical help with that, a good punch to a Moon Knightified Batman <laughs> will be fine. I find for Doctor Strange. All right. David, what's your answer? Imagine Doctor Strange is, is not just punching Batman because he can pass through dimensions. He can travel through time. I think he's punching him in every dimension at every time in Batman's life. So, so wise. So it so doesn't. Wise. It doesn't have to be even that great a punch because it assumes facts, not evidence. So as he sees his parents die, he gets punched. Oh man! <laughs> yep. Wow. Because <laughs> because Stephen Strange is is a master of the dark arts. That's, that's not pretty above dark. punching a small child. That's right. <laughs> and and I think about how many times uh, Batman has fought Ra's al Ghul to a draw, who is who is a fairly magical character in in Batman's world. And and I just, I don't see the mortal beating the immortal. Uh, so I'm going to go with Doctor Strange. All right. Well, guess what, everybody? That is three votes for each. And that leaves it to me. Oh, no. Who will be your friend and, that's and all who will we be have your time enemy? For this week, folks. <laughs> Turn in next week to hear the exciting For another conclusion. hour of debating. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a fascinating matchup, one I had not considered uh, in the past. I, I like, um, I feel like Tony could have probably got, done a better job of describing the ways that Batman might outwit Doctor Strange, although I know he was put on the spot, as, as was Chip with this scenario. Um, Although you, you you should have seen it coming, but you wouldn't have known who your opponent was. It was uh, Chip as shocked as all of us I, are. I did Doctor not Strange know. Batman, Batman knew. So I, I think Batman, uh, I, I think the Batman scenario could have been stronger. However, I have to say, um, and, and this goes in line with some of the other judges' comments, uh, while Doctor Strange could have absolutely used his magic to put the whammy on Batman, um, I'm disappointed that in the end, all he does is dress Batman up in a Moon Knight costume and punch him in the face when he's got all of his <laughs> universal power at his beck and call. It, I, and so while I, I am um, reluctant to make the outcome of this tournament the inevitable winning by Batman, uh, Batman wins! <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Ah, uh, justice. Just like Batman likes it. <laughs> When Phil and I did this in the car on our way one time from Los Angeles to San Francisco, I had him drop the tournament and we we did the debate. And our final was actually Batman versus Wolverine. And the only reason Batman won that is because he figured out a way to kill kill the Wolverine before he could regenerate. Ah, uh, see. 
and again, it's it's Batman automatically figured because he figured out he's like, well, if Wolverine is brain dead, he can't, I, I can incapacitate him, and so he drowned the Wolverine. Since also Logan can't swim thanks to all the adamantium on his bones, so. Batman. Point is, he has a way to kill anybody in any situation. He's thought it through. It's tough to be this Batman. is probably what he dreams about. Tough mm-hmm. to be Batman. Batman. Batman's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Guys, I hope we all learned an important lesson about planning, teamwork, and Batman. Yes. <laughs> namely, that never ever get on Batman's bad side. Yeah. I think that's about <laughs> I'm just, I would have been, you know, I had a lot invested in Batman at this point. So many yes. hours of podcasting. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was going to say, I, hope I we guess learned an important lesson of investing all this time only to discover that it's still Batman. It's still Batman. <laughs> only the incomparable could find a way to make Batman yet more overrated than he already is. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. That's, what, that's, what here. Uh, that's the thing. That takes a serious amount of mental acuity yep. is, is finding a new acuity, way. Acuity. That's the word. Yep. Yeah. What I I have learned here is that the ultimate answer to any argument now is because he's Batman. Yeah. It's it goes a long way, my friend. Yep. Yeah. It does. Also, who knew that our final matchup would be between Tony and not Tony? But that's how it has to be. <laughs> we have reached the end. I would like to thank all of my participants tonight for 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 solving. I don't even know what we solved, but we solved something. Uh we'll start with our our uh, judges who did not have to argue for any particular uh hero they just brought the uh they brought the law they brought the justice they brought the judgment david lore thank you you were very welcome i guess uh erica thank you (laughs) it was an honor no i guess i was just an honor uh lisa schmeiser thank you I i had fun thank you dan morin thanks for being here as batman walks away a shadow cast over him and you realize it was Moon Knight all the time. Nope. Um, nope. Monty, <laughs> nope. Monty <laughs> Ashley, thank you. Thank Overruled. you. Ben Grimm rules. Yeah, Ben Grimm. Let's hear it. He, he's, he, we win, he wins the tournament MVP, I think. Ben Grimm does. What? Moon Knight, clearly. <laughs> uh, Moon Knight wins something. Moises Chuyan, thank you. Miscon- I'm amazed that even armed with the bolts of Balthak, the Conjurer's Cone, the Crimson Bands of Sidorak, the Misty Moons of Munapur, the Omnipotent Oshter... And all the hoary hosts of Hogoth, such an injustice could be perpetrated on the incomparable. And Tony Sindelar, all hail Batman. Let's never do this again. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and to everyone out there, I say we probably never will. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking with us. There won't be any more episodes of this. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> when you say this, do you mean the podcast? Jason, <laughs> the tournament that killed the incomparable. You decide. You decide. <laughs>